If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It's our final hour of primetime action. Live from Las Vegas, South Point Sportsbook Studios, Ben Wilson. Joined by Adam Burke. We've got Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. Lots to get caught up on, Kelly. There are a, a whopping three games in progress right now between Major League Baseball and the NHL. But, like, we have action, even though, uh, Adam, you're, you're going to need a late-inning rally out of those Arizona Diamondbacks down 4 nothing in the seventh. But And your, your team total bet there, Kelly. Colorado Avs up 1-0. Uh, after one period of play. So, what is the latest? Sir? Yeah, let's, uh, we'll start with the NHL, the uh, live numbers there. Avalanche coming down a bit, minus 265. So, some betting coming in. Uh, Oilers at plus 200. Five and a half is the live total over in baseball. Uh, we do have the Reds still on top of the Diamondbacks, 4 to nothing. That game into the bottom of the seventh inning. Now, if you wanted to get in live on the Diamondbacks, 15-1, to one, you can get on the money line over at DraftKings. Five and a half is the live total. Juice to the over at minus 135. Mariners with that 4-3 to three lead over the Astros in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, Astros minus 195 live, so maybe they are threatening right now. Uh, Mariners plus 155, and 14 and a half is your live total. And a, uh, a special primetime action giveaway we're going to do tonight on the show, Let's Ben Wilson. It. If you tweet in a winning ticket to us and then can get to the South Point, I'm going to give you a, brand, a free one-gallon bottle of hand sanitizer <laughs> because somehow we just had nine of them delivered to the studio. <laughs> Uh, so, so clearly the uh, the whole the whole supply shortage thing issue is not is not I, anymore. I guess not. We're ready bottles. to survive two more pandemics. We're good to Let's go. go. Let's go. Let's go. That stuff has to smell like really cheap tequila, right? <laughs> Looking at so, it, yeah. Ke- what Kelly is saying is he's ready to get back to betting Kazakhstani and ping pong. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, please, no, never again. <laughs> never, never again. I did. I did have one solid day of Russian ping pong betting. I, th- I think I went uh, like ten in five in like you know fifteen matches because the matches last all fifteen minutes. And I said, you know what? I'm hanging it up. You're going to put Hang that on up. your mantelpiece. That's right. Kelly Bidlin winning. Winning table tennis better. Winning big pot better. Uh, it, is, there are, it is a runner on second with one out and Jose Altuve up. So that was why maybe, uh, Kelly, you indicated there is uh, runners aboard. 4-3 already. So Robbie Ray, Christian Javier, two really good pitchers. We talked about it at length, Adam. And then, yeah, uh, not, not going so well. Kyle Tucker, a solo homer. Chaz McCormick. Follows that up with a homer. So a back-to-back for the, the Strohs. That is three solo shots now hit off Robbie Ray. So the ball's uh, so much for, for Minute Maid Park suddenly becoming a pitcher's paradise. But when you're grooving fastballs right down the middle of the plate, that'll happen, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, just the inherent 
variance level in Major League Baseball. It's just a very, very high variance sport as the Reds now up yeah. six nothing oh. over Arizona. So uh, we can we can call that ticket dead and buried. I'm sure Kelly can queue up a loser video for me here at some point on that one. But uh, I do want to mention real quick college baseball. Uh, we actually had an under in North Carolina it, and, and under caches and under caches. Oklahoma, Florida is only two to one. Uh, down in Gainesville, that 13, 13 and a half was the total in that one. Uh, but this Maryland UConn game is currently pushing the total, and it's the bottom of the fifth. Actually, so, just uh, went over it. UConn just, just scored 10, fi- go. 10 5 UConn in the uh, bottom of the fifth. So that is uh, the winner of so, that game goes to Super Regionals. So here's my question then with Super Regionals, right? So, I mean, I would presume that a lot of these teams that are moving on have just ridiculously gaudy offensive numbers. There have to be some market adjustments made now, right? You well, Look, when you're, as you said earlier, when you have a game that opens at 12-and-a-half in baseball and it gets sped up to 18-and-a-half, which, by the way, that game is only 4 nothing in the top of the fifth. So, <laughs> so well, that's why file that in the category of, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Arkansas on top of Oklahoma State. At the same time, though, while, yes, the offense has, has been massive, when we get to Super Regionals and, and the teams that advance in, in college baseball are the ones that have pitching depth and can actually get by with more than just like one or two quality pitchers because that's what the postseason really tests you on. So that's what is, is going to be fascinating to me and the fact that it is a best of three uh, you know, back-to-back game series here where you're, you're basically just playing a weekend series and it's on one field, two teams, best of three, and that is it. It's a lot different than the four-team double elimination format where in some of these uh, pods, the way they're set up, you have to play multiple games in a day. So that, that will be interesting to see the adjustments. Uh, I, like for now, especially with the way the uh, – clearly the offense and the bats and the ball, like balls are just flying out of, the, out of these parks, I would still think it is, it is worthy of continuing to follow that trend in general. But I think you're, you're spot on. There's going to be a point where you get some of that – like you get some of the buyback the other way. And – when you get to the College World Series, well, again, we'll have this conversation a little more in depth tomorrow. Then it gets even more to the point of, all right, eight teams, double elimination, Omaha. Now what are you going to do? And you're in a, you're in a hitter-friendly park as well. So right. it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know how many recreational betters are actually involved with this, but once you get to super regionals, you know, because one of the things I think it's really important to, to kind of start talking about here, and, and maybe this is too deep of a dive to, to go into right now, but, you know, we have at most five NBA Finals games left. You know, if Colorado wins this game tonight, the Western Conference Finals are done. The East has at least, or you know, no more than four games left to go, and then the Stanley Cup Finals. People will be looking for things to bet on, and I don't think they're going to gravitate towards the USFL or anything like that. It'll be some of these more non-traditional sports betting markets, a la the College World Series. So we'll, that's a good point. There'll be a lot more interest, a lot more action with that. I agree with you. Okay. How much USFL have you guys watched? None. Zero, zero. zero. Yeah, so Unless is, if it's been on in here, I've yeah. seen it. That's it. Okay. So that that is three guys who so don't the regularly work together, and the answer is the same. And you're talking to a guy like I call arena. I like, know. I, I yeah. call arena football the indoor football. And I bet on CFL for years. Like, and, I, and love, I, just, I love football in any form or fashion, and it's I just can't get into it. I mean, either I just can't. I think I've Sorry. watched a quarter. One quarter, I think, is what I've made it through. Yeah. I've, I've watched more Ben Wilson calling uh, indoor football you, league games. You found me randomly on, yeah, on uh, Las yeah. Vegas, the CW, on yeah. a random Sunday on Mother's Day. It was, that was a good a good line on the couch watch. Instead I was like, of calling see your, this Ben character. Instead call of game. calling your mom, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to <laughs> me call. Looking for Dawson's football. Creek reruns and finds <laughs> indoor football. Uh, you don't need Dawson's Creek reruns when you've seen it 17 yeah, times. Sometimes <laughs> you stumble you stumble on the darndest things. Okay, uh, Let's get to our American, least, uh, American League oh. East. Not 
not least, because this, this is a great. This is a great oh, the least is the Central Division. I, that was that is very accurate. This has been a great uh, division so far. And when you look at how the Yankees have just pulverized opponents, thirty-nine and fifteen at this point this season. What was it, Adam? Over the weekend, the sweep it was what twenty-one to four. They swept the Tigers combined this weekend. And you look at the Yankees now, with how dominant they've been. They lead the league in in homers. They're essentially top nine in every single category hitting-wise outside of just raw average, but they've made up for it by hitting all the long balls. Best starting pitching staff in baseball. They're number one in every category except strikeouts per nine, where they're fourth. Relief pitching has been elite as well. They have struggled with walks at times, 18th out of the 30 teams, but they're top nine in basically every other relief pitching category too. Uh, You see the numbers where they're at. They're now the favorites to win the AL, second favorites behind the Dodgers to win the World Series, and they've opened up the seven-and-a-half game lead over the Blue Jays, second largest lead in any division outside of the other team in New York, uh, the New York Mets. So any chance in your eyes, Adam, that this that this division gets a little more interesting as the Jays, Rays, and Red Sox all start to play collectively better baseball now that we're into the month of June? Well, one thing I did write about today in the Daily Article, I mean, look, you know, all you can do or play the teams that are in front of you. You know, Pete Rose talked about that. All you can do is play whoever's on the schedule. And what the Yankees have done against really bad teams is what you need to do, especially if you're in a division like this where you've got four really legitimate teams. And I think Baltimore is really growing something special there uh, with the pitching staff that they've got and some of the kids that they have coming up. So this is a quality division. You cannot squander those opportunities when you're playing the Tigers of the world. And they didn't do it here over this weekend set. That being said, June 14th to the 26th, Rays, Jays, Rays, and then the Astros. So the Yankees will get tested. They do have one of the higher strength, remaining strength of schedules here. Uh, but when you look at their fan graphs projections in terms of making the playoffs, they're 99.7% to do that. There's almost 74% to win the division. They are the second likeliest team in the AL to win the World Series. Houston is number one, due in large part to the fact that they're likely to win their division by a large margin and get one of those buys, which we'll have to talk about as we go throughout the season here. But it almost looks like minus 280 is a little bit light. You know, Toronto's had all kinds of offensive issues. Now they have the Hunjin Ryu injury. Jose Barrios has not pitched well. Kevin Gosman's coming back to earth a little bit. And the Rays, while they're really good, you know, they have to make up eight games here still, uh, you know, in terms of the standings. So minus 280 almost looks light on the Yankees at this point in time. That's actually I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, it's it's one of we it's it's felt like for the last few seasons with them we've wanted to sit back and we've been content to say, all right, we know we'll get to October. This is this is kind of a fade team because they've like the the, the market is always going to be overvaluing them. They're going to have massive numbers you can go against, and we've seen over the past few seasons the struggles they've had in October. You can't help but sit here and, and kind of take stock of things now, nearly two months into the season, and say, all right, we're 54 games in here. This team is clearly legitimate. Is like is it time to have the same conversation we have with the Dodgers, which has always basically been, you're you're kind of just if you're going to actually try and play the futures market to win, you're sort of obligated to have at least a piece of the Dodgers in your portfolio basically every year because you know they're going to be right in there. You have to think the Yankees qualify. I mean, to that category now at least for the rest of the season, and certainly you missed the boat on some better numbers, but that that has to be that's at least what I what I think of a team like this isn't isn't the same way for you. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. Look, they do still have 16 head-to-head games left with Boston. They've got 10 more with Toronto. They've got 15 left with Tampa Bay. So that's where Toronto and Tampa Bay will have to try to make up ground, and obviously Boston as well. I mean, look, they're already done with Detroit. They played 13 of their 19 games against Baltimore, and they're 9-4 and against the Orioles here so far. They swept Cleveland already. They will play the Guardians one more time. But this is the time of year, too, where you really want to take a look at strength of schedules. I'm going to be writing about that this week in Point Spread Weekly, oddly enough, to look at teams that 
have just not really played all that tough of a schedule as opposed to teams that have played a pretty strong schedule. You know, you and I have talked at length already about the AL Central where the Twins. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. ...have not played a whole lot of good teams. The White Sox have. The White Sox play a very weak second-half schedule. The Yankees do still have some degree of difficulty to their schedule. It's just that, I mean, their pitching is so good. The only thing you worry about with them, with Giancarlo Stanton already hurt is if Aaron Judge gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And he is a guy that has a history of, of getting hurt. Meanwhile, you asked for a, a rain delay in, in Cincinnati, Adam? Yeah, a little it late. Absolutely, a little late. It is absolutely About five pouring. innings too late. And it came five innings too late. I'm sorry. The biggest thunderstorm I've ever seen attending a game was the one game I went to in Cincinnati. I feel like they have just some epic weather delays there. Seven nothing, you're probably a little bit too late. I'm sorry, yeah, I, I hope the rain just red. cancels the rest of the game. Though. Well, probably. It's probably going to happen. All right, they're back underway. Second period in Edmonton. We'll update you on that next. Also talk some golf. Recap what happened last week with Kelly on the other side. Right here, primetime action. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN contributor Jeff Siegel is coming off a winning Preakness pick, and now you can get a $25 free bet to follow him in Saturday's Belmont Stakes. All you have to do is sign up for First Bet, the preferred horse racing app of VSIN. Go to VSIN.com slash horses for d- details on this exclusive offer for VSIN fans. That's VSIN.com slash horses. Use the promo code LV Belmont, and then join Jeff in rooting for his pick on the final race in this year's Triple Crown. Breaking Kelly was news still, to me, Ben. Yeah. Belmont's this weekend. I was like, I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, oh, wait, what? That, that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, the, so. and the horse that won the Kentucky Derby didn't even try to do the triple crown thingy, yeah. Mabopper, that we hear is always the thing that you want to watch. So for. I'm watching, <laughs> what are you watching? This, uh, the attempt to put the tarp on the field did not go oh. well. Oh, in no. Cincinnati, they basically missed the entire left side of the infield, <laughs> um, which is kind of a microcosm of this game in general, I feel like. There are more tarps on the field now than the Diamondbacks have hits in tonight's game, so there's also that. 
Uh, but I don't think this one's getting restarted here tonight. They like the so there's like the home you know the home plate <laughs> the third baseline the home plate is here and so the thing of the diamond like this and then the tarp is like here and it's there's a whole a area that and they look like they have even. no idea what to do. And yeah, and that flashes well, right only, up to a commercial that says, "Does your enamel need repair?" I think this it's the only highlight of the game for me. Just tarp, watching the, the, the tarp, tarp effort the tarp there. Right. Uh, anyway, and we got a young fan waving behind and, the glass and, and as well. And we do as well. Uh, they're waving because they probably followed Kelly on that Colorado team total. Uh, one nothing. <laughs> they're out. They're dominating shots on goal, twenty to twelve. Kelly, sixteen minutes to go, second period, and yet. Maybe he's showing it. up for his free one-gallon bottle of hand sanitizer. You know, he yeah, hasn't tweeted don't. me. I haven't, I haven't been tweeted a winning ticket yet, though, tonight. So. Don't, uh, yeah, don't, don't count out the, the, uh, the Contest is still event. open. Contest is still open. Uh, speaking of contests, Kelly, you guys have your, your golf draft. You're one and done. How yeah, did it go? Do a little how, housekeeping how, how, here. How, uh, any, well, any, any action, any, any big movers and shakers on the uh, leaderboard this yeah, week? Yeah, so here's the one and done leaderboard. Gil Alexander still out in front. Fired on Rory this weekend. Mm. Uh, he came in at T18, uh, as well as Xander Shoffley was with who I went. Uh, Shane Lowry, a little bit of a rough round yesterday, so that wasn't good for Matt backing him up. But I'm still about uh, a full outright tournament win away from catching up to Matt, so... I got some work to do, Ben. It's You're a Siwoo away. I'm one Siwoo away. I'm one Siwoo <laughs> away. That's what it did did it last year for a victory for me. So yeah, I got to catch up to these guys. I'm not. I'm not going to be a happy guy buying Gil and Matt a steak dinner uh, this time around because I mm. thoroughly rubbed it in last year. So I, I can only imagine what that's going to be yeah. like. I just remember last side. year when you won that Siwoo ticket, and I the same tournament. I bet Siwoo came top Asian at like plus a hundred, and I'm like, all right, top Asian. We're gonna. <laughs> We're gonna no. It wasn't even that. It was top three Asian, hey, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, top three Asian. I'm gonna cash that with ease, baby. And then Kelly's like, I oh, forgot yeah. about that. We talked about that yeah. bet together, and I was like, I yeah. love that bet. I, bet. I think I bet that too with you. And then it was like, I also had the outright. Though, it, yeah, and then yeah, and then Kelly won like a Mercedes on top. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wins the one fifty to one. Uh, so golf draft. We have. There's. I see a lot of red paint. Uh, yeah. As far as the draft goes, this is. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty good representation of of, of how my weekend uh, went. There's some winners and some losers mixed in there. But, yeah, Gil gets the draft win with the uh, Joaquin Neiman top 20 and Davis Riley, who uh, I, I surprised with this information last week, Ben. We might have to talk to Jeff Parles a little bit more about this, but he came to me like two weeks ago, and he was like, you've been betting this Davis Riley kid at all? And I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, no, I haven't been betting him, but he's been doing really well. I mean, this guy has like, been playing consistent as heck out here. And he's like, Jeff's like, yeah, I've been betting him every week. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, Parles, when did you become a golf like better slash fan? And like, you just picked one of the most random up and coming guys that you've been firing on every week. Apparently has, and I don't. Know, hopefully he's playing some of these derivative markets because he's playing it. I would heck hope. a golf uh, round of golf league. Yeah, a lot, a, like a lot of big blow up rounds yesterday. Uh, that seems like that has been a theme, Kelly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that that has been kind of, especially in these. Outside of the majors, like the last four or five weeks, it's just been like Matt. Not to, I wouldn't say collapses, but guys who've just. And it, I mean, this week was a little different because Billy Horschel had had the lead going in. But guys who have just, especially if you're betting derivatives now, where those have become some bad beats, and you, know, you look you look down the board and like a if you were brave oh, enough. Where did, you, Cam, where did Cameron Young f finish at? I had a top twenty bet on oh, him. So uh, he it was what T fifty uh, sixty eight the eighty four. 
Yeah, he yeah, yeah he he rounds out. <laughs> yeah, why am I not pulling able to pull this up? Eighty because right he's all the way at the bottom, Kelly. Go all the That's way to the right, bottom. Yeah, Wherever yeah. you're looking, go further so he down. Goes, he goes sixty-seven uh, in in round one to have a share of the lead. Seventy-one. Uh, so stay, stays where he's at on Friday, and then dr- drops a seventy-three eighty-four over the weekend. So yeah, top twenty oh. did not cash. <laughs> oh, uh, there, like there were whatever, two doubles in there, a quad on on the ninth hole. Yeah, I mean, it's, put, it's put that in perspective. We shot an eighty-four, and like, like for like over the weekend, I I played golf, shot eighty-five, and I'm like, wait, that's that's like almost good of a of a score as a PGA player, and I'm like. Maybe, but that, I'm not even close to being. You've played with you. Me. You had I, tougher I, conditions, though. Yeah, you, you were in a bachelor party. You had tougher a conditions. PGA That's course. right. Adam, yeah. No, but you. Uh, the difference between playing the PGA course and playing in the state that you were probably in at a bachelor party. That's actually a fair. That's a fair count. Bridges the gap a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Adam. Yeah. We, the way two guys in the bachelor party broke 80, and the conditions what? both on the course and in the golf carts, if you know, if you, if you catch our drift here, were very, very difficult. Who? Your friends, like you, I don't you're, know how you're, they, you're two guys got the, 77. I'm like, what is going on? You're here? already one of the randomly like best golfers that I know, and, and you were actually with two guys like your same age at a bachelor party In the day thing. after heavy drinking. I'm gonna guess, and yeah. you, two of them shot under 80. Yeah, Man. couldn't. I, yeah, wow, a lot happening. Now, Cameron Young, that was uh, I believe three weeks uh, straight weeks heading into this tournament of top five finishes. Uh, this might be the way. The, this is finally where I'm probably going to give up on uh, on betting. How? Him, so. Yeah. Are, I mean, we've had a couple guys like there was the Garrett Higo, just absolute heater last year. Of course, Matthew Wolf had his. Now he had his you know, his three four month heater as well. How how would you compare the Cameron Young uh, train Kelly to those two guys um, in particular? Man, I think uh, I yeah, I think pretty co- uh, uh, comparable there. I think the other guys that are still doing this, the one I'm pretty amazed with is Mito Pereira. After that blow up at the PGA championship and he's come back week after week and I'm see, you know seemingly been in contention at some point of mm-hmm. every one of these tournaments and then still not even finished that bad. I mean Davis Riley just looking up he finished uh three under T thirteen and then Mito I Mito same thing. He was three under T thirteen. It's it's just week after week with him. I, I can't that's the one where we we we've seen it was Al Torres a couple times where you expect these guys who get you know break onto the tour. And Mito's a little bit older than Sal Torres, but still, like I, I, you go and go and break out on the tour and then put up an incredible finish, you know, in a big time tournament, and then end up collapsing in it. You don't really expect them to come back and play all that great. I mean, oftentimes those are the guys we choose to fade. So Mito going, I mean. That one horrible sh- uh, tee shot on 18, I, I mean, I thought it was going to cripple him for a few tournaments. You'd, it's, you'd have to wonder. I'm blown away by what, how right. he's played the past few weeks. Seven different guys shot 80 or above on Sunday. So, uh, tough, I mean, tough literal conditions there at the Memorial. Yeah. But uh, Billy Horschel gets the job done at, uh, at 13 under. Uh, we do have one more, Adam, uh, MLB game still still to go here that we haven't discussed yet that's coming up in about 15 minutes and it's probably the game of the night Carlos Carrasco and the Mets Blake Snell and the Padres and what the Mets did over the weekend too where we were kind of waiting all right you played a lot of cupcakes so far Mets you've built up this near 10 game lead you got to go to LA and take on the Dodgers that's a really tough task and they they win games that were started by Walker Bueller in, in one of the games they beat Julio Urias Big comeback, extra innings win uh, yesterday to get the job done. Now you turn around, you go to a San Diego team who just took three straight from the Brewers after losing the, the series opener and had two straight games where they shut out Milwaukee in that spot. So really interesting 
uh, to to kick off the week for the Mets and Padres with Carrasco and Stone. You see how the numbers and the market has this uh, as expected a pretty tightly lined game. Yeah, I mean, look, I give Carlos Carrasco a lot of credit. He's certainly been through a lot, not even just going through the cancer treatment, but also all the injuries that he sort of had around that time as well. And he's been really, really good so far this year for the Mets. And, you know, he's a guy that had a preseason procedure that seems like it's helped him quite a bit. 363 ERA, 293 FIP, so he could be even better than he actually is, going just shy of six innings per start over his 10 starts. And that's something I think is really interesting about this handicap because you've got Blake Snell on the other side. Blake Snell is a guy that typically doesn't turn the lineup over for a third time. The times through the order penalty is very, very strong for him. But he went six innings in his last start, pitched into the sixth in the start prior to that, only gave up one run in that second start, but two inherited runners wound up scoring. So Blake Snell's a guy that the Padres seem to have a little bit more confidence in trying to stretch out. And that's something that Ruben Niebel is really stressed with this team. And the Padres are the number one team, at least going into today, the number one team in terms of innings pitched from their starters. So they're really trying to push their guys. We'll see if it's a good thing or a bad thing here with Snell in this one, but you know, this one, probably both starters kind of cancel each other out and it becomes a battle of the bullpens. Yeah, it's, and seven and a half, two total. Clearly, respect here for uh, both starting pitchers in this spot. We have a goal in Edmonton, Kelly. Yeah, we do. Wow. Um, I missed it, and now there was a big bro- a big Donnie Brook that just uh, big broke Potentially out. Uh-huh. a big situation if Landeskog's hurt for Colorado, too. And it looks like it was Landeskog. Yep. Landeskog yeah. into the boards, big collision, and then a little fight. Uh, more more than a kerfuffle. It was, it was even more than that. Uh, we'll update you on that when we return 1-1. We'll get you a live line on Oilers and Avalanche when we return. Also talk for the next half hour, some awards markets. We'll talk NBA Finals MVP, talk some Major League Baseball awards. That is all still to come here on Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers. Cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Back on the show, primetime action alongside Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. 1-1 in Edmonton, Colorado, and the Oilers. They're all tied up after a Zach Hyman goal, and it appeared as though Gabriel Landeskog was hurt. Adam going into the board, so we've seen some adjustments here in uh, in our live number markets down to basically a pick 'em. Avs now minus 125 for the game, five and a half total, juiced to the under at uh, minus a dollar 25. I'm seeing, and as you mentioned, if Landeskog cannot. I'll get back in there, but it it looks like I'm not sure if he's returned yet. Don't think he has, but that would be a pretty significant blow for a Colorado team as we laid out when we came on the show. A lot more depth than basically anybody left, but that is a pretty significant piece to lose if it is significant. Yeah, he. I mean, he served his penalty, so I, I think maybe he's okay. But also, too, I mean, none of these guys are healthy at this point in time, and it's always interesting when a team gets eliminated and you start hearing about the injuries that guys were playing through. Um, you know, I know that some people don't like to hear it when it comes to hockey, but you know, a lot of those guys play through significant things. But Leon Dreisaitl, uh, he was laboring. He actually got hit by a, a dump-in attempt by one of the defensemen, and it caught him in a not great place. And oh. uh, he was laboring oh. around a little bit, going back to the bench. And, and he's a guy that we talked about in the open as a guy that's clearly playing through something. 
and he needs to be kind of the Robin to Connor McDavid as Batman, and hasn't really been able to do it too much in this series. Uh, no, he no, he has not. So, yeah, we'll we'll see, and where we're at right now. What's fascinating too, and I get the Colorado—they've been the Cup favorites since opening night. I remember they were in the plus six fifty range when the season started. They're now minus one ninety, and I get it because they're you know, essentially going to win this series. They're up 3-0. We know teams have, have blown 3-0 leads in the Stanley Cup playoffs before. Only four times. But, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not quite in the same sphere as the NBA where it's never happened at all in a seven-game series, but it has happened in, in the Cup playoffs just not that often, four times. And yet, uh, minus 190, are you really ready to make them that, as large of a favorite as that against, if it's, say, if it's the Lightning, uh, you, you would, I don't know. I, I guess I would have imagined it would be a little bit lighter right now just given that it, they haven't you know, officially pulled out that series. But, but again, the books have been high on them all season, and there's no reason to, to believe that that would not be the case. And even in some shops, abs are as high as uh, minus 220 at DraftKings. That's the highest number I've seen on them. Yeah, I mean, look, they'll, they'll be favored over either the Rangers or the Lightning. I don't know if they'll be that big of a favorite, but obviously, you know, because they're up 3 nothing here in this series and, and looks like they're very, very likely to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I think something else that's going to be really interesting here is – do they win it tonight? And if they win it tonight, it looks like Rangers lightning has the chance to go very deep. I mean, the game that Tampa Bay played in game three, where that was not a three to two game. It was a three to two game solely because of Igor Shosturkin, the goalie for the Rangers. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay had over 50 shots in that game. They scored the game winner in the final minute, but Tampa Bay looked like a championship level team after a really bad effort in game one and then a not great effort in game two it looks like that series is probably going to go at least six or seven. So if Colorado wins tonight, they're going to have an extended layoff, much like the one that Tampa Bay had going into this Eastern conference final. Is that enough time for them to get Darcy Kemper healthy would be one of the big questions because, you know, Frank Sousa has played well over the three game or the two and a half or so games here in this series, but Kemper's probably the guy that they'd rather go with. They may have the luxury of having a week or more off in order to get him back. So that could be something that really benefits them as well. It's funny you mentioned that too, because we just saw the Lightning have what, nine days off, and mm -hmm. they've really struggled out of the gates going down 2-0 uh, to the Rangers. So we'll have, we'll have that game tomorrow. We'll have more conversation on that. Andy McNeil will make his appearance uh, tomorrow, kicking off the show here on Primetime Action before that Lightning and Rangers game four from Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. Uh, we're talking playoffs. We're talking all sorts of awards. Odd. Let's circle back to the NBA since we've got some time now to, to decompress at least for a couple days with game uh, number three back in Boston, not until Wednesday night. Seeing how things have played out so far, we wanted to get a little deeper into the uh, the finals MVP market. We had the, the brief discussion at the very start of the show. Uh, but uh, Kelly, and you made a really good point too. I think it's funny how every better's brain kind of works differently. And it's funny how I'm, my initial thought of this as a better is like, oh, like there's literally no way like Draymond's not winning MVP at 80 to one. Andrew Wiggins at 100 to one. Obviously, Clay can barely move right now. I'm sorry. Even if Jordan Poole hits, hits three more half court shots to end a third quarter, right. he's not winning this award. So why don't you just play Steph Curry at even money? But it's fascinating that your brain processes that in a totally different way. And you're like, wait, the series price on Golden State's five cents difference? Like, just, <laughs> just lay the extra five cents. And you make a totally valid point. It's, I think both of our points could be made equally. And yeah, truthfully, I mean, it just depends on how you look at it. You're right. But, like, it's also only been two games, right? Who knows how long this, how long this goes? I mean, this is... I just wouldn't want to – I would never make a bet like that because you're putting yourself in the 
you know, the horrible, like, injury position, mm-hmm. right? Like, what if he gets hurt? And then it's like, oh, man, that's what I made. That's how I, you know, decided to attack this, you know, the NBA Finals outcome. Like, that. yeah, that's not something I would uh, I would love betting. Yeah, those serious prices right now. Celtics the favorite, minus 115. Warriors, minus 105. So, again, only getting five cents uh, really extra to bet that Steph Curry Finals MVP if you're looking at that market. I don't know how you guys feel about this series price. I mean, I think this is still... Uh, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, is I, I don't know if this series has even really started yet. I think the Celtics, you know, they they stole one, uh, you know, down down in Golden State, uh, in San Francisco, and um, look, I think there's. I think what Pete Rose said is, is I'm really excited for this game Wednesday night. I think it's a huge game. I think the Warriors roll in with a little bit of momentum. Uh, the Celtics actually been a better better team on the road this year, uh, this postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I you know I, I don't think that's something to read into really. I think yes, I still think going home is a good thing for them. Uh, but you know I think they're going to adjust, make some adjustments. Obviously, Draymond Green talked about it earlier about what he was able to do against Jalen Brown in that game. I I, I respect. Both these coaches, both these organizations, and everybody likes to talk about the zigzag theory in the NBA and betting it. It's it, that is so limiting to me because it's it really it's the look. It's a game of it's a best of seven series. You talk about coaches and players where it's a only five guys on a court. You know, it's so much easier to scout what you're getting from an opposition than maybe an entire NFL team, right? It's which makes it easier to make adjustments from game to game. And everybody gets obsessed with the zigzag theory. I'm like, the reason why it plays out so often like that is because, okay, you win a game. Why would you make any adjustments to what you did to win a game? Whereas the other team lost a game. They need to adjust to where they failed in the first game in that, in that first game. So I, I don't that's why you see it happen. I expect the Celtics uh to make some adjustments offensively. And J- Jalen Brown and, and Tatum, they really fell off in that second half. And, and they've got to know this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. When, when you're still younger stars, you, Jalen Brown, you can't have a first quarter like that last night, and then as soon as Draymond gets on you, just stop shooting, right? I mean, he got shut down by Draymond for a few a few shots, and then it was he just stopped. And that's I'm sorry, but that's your scoring is gonna the bulk of your scoring has to come from those two guys, and I, I expect them to, to to play better and be more aggressive. And if you were a Jalen Brown after that uh, after that game last night, you could tell he was. I, I think he was a little off in his game in that second half because of what Draymond did, and the Celtics cared way too much about the calls that they weren't getting and the calls that were going against them by the refs. they got, they got to get that stuff out of their head because that's that's not going to do them any favors. I expect them to play better basketball coming back in Boston here in this game three. Um, but, it, you know, in Boston in general, if they if they lose game three, I'm probably doubling up on that bet for game four. Mm-hmm. I, do th- I think Pete yeah. Rose has got a good point, though. This is a, it's a big, big game Wednesday night. Who would have thought we'd be making that statement? Yeah, you know who makes a really good point? Uh, Pete Rose talking about <laughs> yeah. betting on our show. But yes, that is a thing <laughs> that, happened betting, earlier, yeah. that happened earlier in the show. I, I don't know about you. I, it's so hard for me, especially from the game-by-game perspective. And I think as Steve Kerr laid it out pretty well, too, post-game, saying, like, there's just so much variance yeah. with the way, especially the way these two teams play, where it is uber-intense defensively. You're, you're predicating your game on forcing turnovers. We saw the Warriors, like, you, you score 33 points off turnovers. That's that's gonna help. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I did mean, you catch the one guy asking the question about are you concerned about not getting any offensive uh, rebounds in the first half and then you don't get any second chance points? I was like, that's the type of game they play. Like they shoot yeah. jump shots. Like you're not when you spread everybody out and shoot a bunch of jumpers, you're not gonna get a bunch of offensive rebounds. Steve Kerr doesn't care about that. 
And it's so high. Like, so you have the high variance. You have, I mean, both of these teams have had stretches where it's like 40% of their field goal attempts are threes. So in that case, and given just how good and how efficient these teams have been, like, I don't know how I'm really in a position to, to take a side either way, especially game to game, just because again, the, and the variance, I mean, it's manifested in these individual quarters, right? And I know that's something you've like, you've been looking at, but how do you really quantify that and bring it into a full game handicap? I'm just not sure. Right. And I mean, to Kelly's point, you know, regarding the zigzag theory, adjustments are made, but also to regression, the mean takes place. You know I mean? Yeah. Boston in game one, 21 of 41 from three, they shot 51% in game two, 15 of 37, they shot 41%. And, you know, they win game one, they lose game two. That makes sense with that regression to the mean. The one thing that I kind of think about here and why I would maybe start with Golden State plus three and a half, we know the third quarter is going to be good for them. So there is that. There's a good chance that they lead going into the fourth quarter of this game. And I know what Kelly Bidlin thinks about the opportunity to middle. It's an opportunity oh, you want to always. always take. Yeah, love so, it. We'll see. They have not called that game yet, by the way. Uh, Diamondbacks Red still in a I have over. called He's, that game. Adam Burke has called the game, chalked it up as a – Loser. Uh, Mariners, though, have retaken the lead over the uh, the Strohs. We'll update all the games for one final time. Talk some MLB awards as we wrap up the show. Monday edition of Primetime Action here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. It's only $39, and you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months will be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke, who is with us tonight on the show. Primetime action, his daily MLB best bets, Jonathan Von Tobel, talking NBA best bets all the way through the finals, Andy McNeil, all the action he breaks down on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, NFL offseason, golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly. Use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. As we're back for the final time, it's primetime action with Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. Thanks to Isaiah Wrinkle, Jeremy Wangle downstairs, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. I should point out, Kelly, we did finally uh, create the longest. We have a new... If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, 
making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A putting contest downstairs here at the lovely South Point uh, Studios. Yeah, I brought in a great... Down, down below, and I, I, both Isaiah, Jer- actually Isaiah, Jeremy, and I have all made like a 70-foot putt around a couch because the carpet breaks right to left. So I just thought I'd point that out. Yeah, I don't know why I I, I bought and brought in a, a putting green, but it's been re- it's just been replaced now. We with... found that the carpet has a little, a little more contour to it. It's actually a better <laughs> well, that's surface a good thing than, or your, a bad thing. than your turf. Uh... And you forgot Sean McCall doing audio tonight. Thank you, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Sean McCall that's doing doing audio and you. unloading gallons that's of right. hand sanitizer. Sean probably has the most important job tonight because he had to pick up the order of nine gallon sized hand sanitizer bottles. Also, also as a man who used to work in newspaper <laughs> business, I'm, I lasted all of nine months. Always got to bring up Sean reads the newspaper every day. Still delivered to his door, reads it from front to back. He, he is the, he is a man responsible for keeping the Las that's Vegas right. Review Journal still in print on a day to day basis. So thank thank you for that, Sean. Uh, Adam Berkson. You're not like a newspaper man, but as somebody who writes every day, I know you, you, you appreciate it. Uh, you, I do. You, you, you're going to I, have thoughts. I appreciate the craft. You, you're, a, you're a big big fan of the Another craft. Another Oilers uh, goal, we 3-1. Have, in the time that we started talking about this stuff, well, there was a goal right before the break, as we were going to break. Now we have another goal. Oil, and it's not Kelly's team. That's uh, that, Wrong team. Ryan Nugent Hopkins makes it 2-1. Now we just get another goal. A minute six left in the second period. I believe that is Connor McDavid back at it again. 3-1 Edmonton. As they try to continue this series, and the McDavid, who has been tremendous all postseason, little wrister from the right side, and uh, Kelly, you're in a hole here. Need yeah, Ben, this just in. You probably shouldn't tell me when uh, when I'm betting hockey. The, all, the 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 two times a year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bet. But yeah, hey, the, you maybe and I five bet, games a year. Okay, give yourself some credit. You and I bet Andre Vasilevsky to win the Conn Smythe last year. Yeah, we when, did. I forgot when he about was like, that. Wasn't he was like plus one eighty, and the Lightning were massive favorites to beat Montreal, and we're like, Vasilevsky's going to win the Conn Smythe <laughs> if they win. Why? Why is the price so different? And so you've at least won one hockey. That's bet. a good point. That was actually an intelligent hockey bet. Yeah, I like. A, you're right. Good point. A bet with some nuance. I can't, I can't believe you remember the details. Of I that. am. Man. I will look at that number, but I'm, I remember it very well. Uh, we do have some more uh, baseball to discuss there as we wrap up the show, and that's largely because Adam Burke, who writes the daily article for us uh, at vcin.com. I know you'll be, you always go deep dive as well in, in Point Spread Weekly every Wednesday, and then Adam hosts uh, the run line with myself. Sunday nights, 8 to 10 Eastern uh, here from vcin. Uh, so we wanted to discuss some of these awards markets because we're getting into that time of year where the market is starting to kind of whittle its way into shape and – are there any last second, or not really last second, are there any good opportunities right now as we're in the month of June here to find some value on the board? You certainly believe there's value to be had in the AL Cy Young Award market, as do I. We just happen to think there's value on different players. So we'll start with you. Dylan Cease is the man you are a fan of in this particular award market. Why? Yeah, so look, Dylan Cease, he's given up 22 earned runs on the year. 13 of them came in starts against the Yankees and the Red Sox, and he's done with them now. The White Sox will not face either one of those teams. Chicago, according to Fangraphs, has the worst remaining strength of schedule in Major League Baseball. And the games that they have left, back it up. They've got 14 left with my Guardians, 11 left with the Royals, and most importantly, 16 games left against the Detroit Tigers. So conceivably, Dylan Cease should get three or four starts against Detroit, depending on how the rotation falls and all of that. He also, they still haven't faced the Orioles or the Rangers, two teams with really high swinging strike percentages. So far, so Dylan Cease has made 11 starts. He's been pretty good. He's probably got 20 or so more, and I'm thinking maybe 10 
against the Guardians, Royals, Tigers. Maybe he'll run into the Rangers, something like that. He's going to wind up facing some pretty bad offensive teams here. Now, oddly enough, his next start's likely to come against the Dodgers, who are not a bad offensive team, but he will face the Tigers after that, and then the Blue Jays if everything stays on its normal turn. But I think Dylan Cease at 20-1, to given the remaining strength of schedule for the White Sox, is something that makes quite a bit of sense because he can rack up the high strikeout rate, and he's also a guy that's starting to find ways to be a little bit more efficient despite walking 12 guys over his last two starts. But he's been a lot more efficient overall. Ethan Katz has been really good at that with him. So I think Dylan Cease, just largely based on the teams he's likely to face moving forward, has the chance to put up really, really good numbers, and 20-1 to makes sense. Okay. As for me, and I, you, I, I like all the points you make, That's a fair, especially at the price point he's at right now. Uh, for me, Alec Manoa is, would be my play at this particular moment in time. 10-1 to right now. Gets the Royals tomorrow, and we talked about this off air. Adam, you pointed out if you're interested in making a wager like this, you probably, especially with such a cupcake lineup that he will be facing tomorrow, that's probably a wager that you would want to make sooner rather than later. And when we say that, we mean before the game tomorrow, since he gets the ball for this Tuesday start for the Royals, but uh, against the Royals, I should say. But a guy who's like six and one with a 193 ERA, advanced numbers indicate like he, he really has still been performing, obviously not to that incredible degree but an expected ERA of 252 tells you the stuff he has is for real and what I love about him Adam is he has improved so much with his command this year sub one and a half walks per nine his first pitch strike rate is basically two-thirds 66 67 percent so he's a guy who's working ahead in counts he gives up so little hard contact like it is so hard to square up Manoa that's what I've been so impressed by like a guy who's only 24 this is his first legitimately full big league season. He was called up middle of last year and was tremendous in his 20 starts. But he's a guy who clearly, for only being 24, knows how to pitch. Barrel, he's only had five barrels hit against him all season. That, it's a sub-3% barrel rate. His hard hit percentage is under 20%. Those are just ridiculous numbers, Adam, and, and especially in today's day and age and this current baseball environment where as more balls are being hit in play and balls are starting to travel, you got to figure the ability to make make guys swing and miss and also to avoid walks is is so important now more than ever given that they're in the AL East given that there's going to be tough competition I get it that's I think the one thing holding a lot of us back on betting these guys in the AL East but the numbers are there the stuff is there and I, I think it's only going to get better and people are going to start paying attention I, I'm a little surprised he's not in the same mold as a the McClanahan Cole Cortez range right now in, in that six to one spot well, look, you know, I mean, obviously Toronto is a big market internationally, but it's not necessarily the biggest market in terms of Major League Baseball. So, you know, you get guys like Cole and Cortez that are playing in very big markets. You know, they're going to have a little bit shorter of a price. With that being said, you know, you mentioned Manoa and, and the competition, the level of competition facing teams like Boston. Uh, he will face the Yankees here coming up. He'll also face the Royals and then the Orioles, and then probably the Yankees if everything stays on turn. So two really good chances for Manoa to put up good numbers in his next two starts. But also – you think about what it takes to win these awards, right? You have to win over a group of voters. And if you're Alec Manoa and you go out there and you pitch really well against this Yankees team, it's on pace to win 116 games. If you pitch well against this Boston offense where, you know, the team itself doesn't have a great record, but the offense is really, really good. You know, the Rays, who are just always a pesky kind of team, all of that. If you pitch well in this division, then the voters – it's easy to talk about, right? It, you could be like, well, you know, Alec Manoa wins the Cy Young because he did X, Y, and Z against the Yankees, Red Sox, and, you know, what he did in what's generally a hitter's ballpark at home at the Rogers Center hasn't really been so far this year. But you've got that narrative, and I think that narrative is something that's really mm -hmm. important to think about when you're betting into any of these awards markets because 
you have to have somebody vote for that guy, and they have to have a compelling reason to vote for that guy and then want to write about it. So I think Manoa will have that uh, if he has the numbers at the end of the no, year. That's, it's really interesting, and he's already done it against the Yankees. He's given mm-hmm. up one run in 12 innings across two starts against the Yankees, shut out the Red Sox in seven innings in his only start against them, one run on the road against Tampa, one earned run, that is, in six innings. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And I guess this, this kind of overarching theme, though, talking about A.L. Sayung, it, it, we're saying we think there's value down the board, clearly because we are not a believer in Justin Verlander continuing, A, this current pace he's on and B I, I still have questions about the health lasting an entire season for a guy that's about to turn 40 and is coming off two uh, major major injuries and surgeries it's, it's an amazing story don't get me wrong I just have doubts on Verlander for for the long term here I don't know if you feel the same well yeah absolutely I mean Verlander you know for the long term and also I mean maybe Minute Maid Park starts playing a little bit different you know Shane McClanahan's a guy he threw 123 in the third innings last year he's going to have probably 50 or so more innings than that this year does he hold up Nestor Cortez, same thing. Big innings increase for him. Of the short prices, Garrett Cole makes the most sense just because you know he's been through the rigors of a long, full season. But I, I think there are some other guys on the board, like specifically the two guys we talked about that I think make some sense. All right. The end of the second period. Oilers three. Avalanche one. Kelly, we getting in live uh, Avalanche? No. Nope, he's, he's out. He's out. Plus, Only one hockey bet for me. <laughs> I bet. I'm seeing as high as plus uh, 525 now in the market if you want the uh, Colorado Avalanches. That does it for us tonight. This has been a blast, Adam. Always pleasure. a pleasure. Follow him at Skating Tripods. You can see his work every single day. vcin.com hosting the run line Sunday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so for Kelly, for Adam, I'm Ben Wilson saying so long. We have the nightcap coming up next. Tim Murray, Sean King. Keep it tuned right here to vcin, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.